Welcome to Tabcast 34. Today we have cardboard optimism, discuss dryness, and trade to build the Tabcast empire in a playthrough review of Concordia. This is our 34th episode, and I got to tell you, I feel like cornering the market on wine and silk. Mm, really? I am Fred, and I am joined by my wife, wife, Nicole. Hello. And, Nicole, would you prefer to trade wine or silk? I think wine. <laughs> but here's the thing. I looked up, like, the most expensive of each. Right. And for silk, the most expensive thing I could come up with was a silk rug that was sold for $4.45 million back in 2008. Yeah, that sounds bonkers. But you'd have to, like, get the silk, make the rug, <clears throat> let it age for however long, and then you get $4.45 million maybe if it had came through the right channels. Right. But a bottle of wine, there's Screaming Eagle Cabernet Sauvignon 1992, a bottle sold in, I think they said 95, for half a million dollars. Right. For one bottle of wine. Right. If, if someone came up to me and said, here's a 1,000-year-old bottle of wine, I'd be like, yee, maybe use it to clean the battery <laughs> to post on my car. <laughs> well, I don't know that that would make it more expensive. <laughs> I bet it's more effective than Coca-Cola if it's that that old. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> what are these things? Did no, you the, see that thing where they pulled out like rations or something like that? Or no, was a, remember the jar of olives the guy opened from 1901? No. They found like some car- like crate in some, some ruins or whatever, you know, some old place. And inside of it was a jar of olives that was, you know, still had liquid inside of it. Mm. But even even like in preserved conditions, even even like olives just turned into sort of sludge. I'm and the sure. guy, of course, the guy was like, te- you know, sort of teased you in this YouTube video of, oh, I'm going to eat eat these olives and then when he came down to it he caught the smell of it and was like no no (laughs) i do remember hearing something about like on one of the ships many many ships that have sunk right sank sunk sank that are at the bottom of the sea yes and or ocean that they'll have like bottles of of wine and champagne on them right and somehow one of them got brought back up and they tasted it and it was like amazing and so they started doing said the person thing. who wants to sell the wine no, that sounds, he's got left over sounds ridiculous. exactly but no they so they started actually taking bottles of wine putting them in the ocean letting right. them ferment for however long and then bringing them back up and selling them and it was supposed to be like some exclusive hoity-toity that sounds ridiculous <laughs> spend a lot of money for your drunkenness <laughs> so what would you pay for a bottle of wine off the titanic Nothing. I don't care about that. <laughs> what Seriously. If, what if someone took a sip and said, "Oh, that's the best champagne I've ever had." What would you? What would your price be for a glass of that champagne? Twelve dollars. Wow, you are way low. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know if what? I was, I'm not drinking it. I'm just trading it. So I'm going to go for the wine. I'll tell you what. It's back to business in the board gaming world. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of these uh, these conventions and stuff. These smaller conventions are starting to pop up. Like, yeah, uh, well, it's summer coming up almost. Right. I mean, there are all these all these smaller ones, like industry ones, are coming up now. We're not exactly seeing Gen Con yet, but we are well, starting to see some good releases, despite the fact that it's not the Christmas season and it's not Gen Con yet. 
So let's let's talk about a few of those real quick. Just starting with, uh, I want to start by talking about one called Millennium Blades. Okay. Now, this is from Brad Tilton of Devastation of Indians fame and his we company. Love that game. His company, Level Ninety Nine Games. And yes, I love that game. <laughs> I played it today. Did you really? Well, I, they, I have the app on my old on my old iPad. Oh, it was uh, it's War of Indians or something like that on there. But sure. But it was so much fun. I still had a really good time playing. It's a great game. But anyways, uh, this game is is a new one by his, and it's a big box game. A lot of his games are kind of small. He's also known for a game called Pixel Tactics, which is sort of a smaller game. But uh, <clears throat> this one's in a pretty big box. Really and big box. I gotta say, you and I had to get it, or at least I did. We've got it. Yeah. We haven't played it yet. No. We, we cracked the lid. Well, it just came like yesterday. Right. We cracked the lid and looked at it. And then you spent all night <laughs> Doing messing, what? messing with the money. Well, we'll talk about that. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing. This is Millennium Blades is really interesting because it's one of these meta games. So it's a like everybody knows what a collectible card game is, right? Collectible card game is a game where they sell you randomized packs of cards and you try to collect a certain you know set of cards or whatever to build a deck with you know these come randomly to you so you buy like a usually you buy a starter deck and then you collect random packs of these to build a set of cards it's like baseball cards with a point right except they're all based around a game like magic the gathering is a collectible card game Yu-Gi-Oh is a collectible card game Pokemon. pokemon is a collectible card game and these are all games where you can start with a starter deck but they intend truly the manufacturers of these and the producers of these in, intend for you to purchase randomized packs of cards, try to find the cards you want. And at each they'll, they'll come up with new sets every year, multiple times a year. And you're trying to collect certain cards out of these sets. And the whole purpose of this is to build a deck so that you can compete in tournaments. And these tournaments, right. I, I just watched a documentary. It's on Netflix right now. I can't remember the name of it. What was it called? That, that one about magic, the gathering magic. Someone gathered it. <laughs> magic, the tournament gathering hosted by will wheaton <laughs> narrated two paragraphs so we didn't get paid too much will wheaton oh well there was like two got oh i'm telling you there was tons. almost two paragraphs most of the time it was the person they were talking about that was narrating their own okay yeah stuff. that part's true but still well i'm just telling you i wanted to get paid <laughs> it was like two paragraphs i'd like to get paid for reading that i would totally take money to read your script so anyways <laughs> So this game is, is, is about that. Now, if you don't know about that, obviously, like I said, you, you build these decks by collecting these randomized cards and you have these sets and they have different levels of rarity. Like they have commons, uncommons, rares, and usually super or ultra rares, you know, <clears throat> and that's, that's how these things work. And then you put all these cards together and you build a certain level, like a certain deck and you try to streamline it. So it plays out. And usually your goal is to, you know, reduce someone's life points. Or something like that. That's usually what happens. Right. You play cards under the table and they attack the other player and they reduce their life points and they lose the game. And these games are are incredibly popular. And addictive. And addictive, yeah. Because you're, you've got this gambling. This is sort of like underage gambling. We've talked, I mean, we may have mentioned this before. But that's how, how we kind of look at it. Like this is a scratcher ticket for a kid who's not 18. Kind of. Yeah. It is. Because they open these packs up and a single card in one of these packs could potentially be worth like, you know, $40, 50 on its own. Right. So 
<laughs> could these, potentially be worth tens and tens of dollars. Right. Sorry. So <laughs> when they open one of these little $8 packs or whatever they are, they could be potentially like buying another dozen of these packs to try mm-hmm. to get the cards they need. And they build a tournament deck. Then they go to little, you know, weekly tournaments. Like it usually is like the lowest level is like a uh, new release kind of day. And that's all they do is like they say, hey, we're coming out with new cards come in today and you pay this amount of money and everybody just opens a bunch of new packs and we all just play games with only those new packs, not your pre-built decks. That's like the base level of it. Now that might maybe get into because then like everybody's kind of on a level playing field, relatively speaking. Right, right. And then everybody trades too. They trade all the cards around the room and so they all get a sneak peek at these packs. They get a limited number of them usually and they all build their little decks out of these cards before and you know before they even hit the, the game stores, right? Right. Of course, then this goes all the way up to these international tournaments where people are taking, and this is true in Magic the Gathering's case, like $50,000 home for winning this tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, just for playing this game and beating a bunch of people mm-hmm. in a row. So mm-hmm. this game simulates that. Which is cool. So this game, in this game, and the, and the catchphrase I think on the front of it said, from a sneak preview game to world champion in two hours (laughs) cool right sure so the idea of it is not just simply it doesn't just you know take into account the the idea of playing the game and building the deck but it actually takes into account building the deck playing the game collecting the cards cards value and there's like a market that goes on i mean there's a lot to this like, way more than you think. There's card drafting between players. Which I'm looking forward to. There's trading. There's market speculation. There's set collection, hand management. I mean, there's really not much that has to do with a card game that this game doesn't have. Yes. And it's sitting in the table in the other in the other room. Not fully assembled. <laughs> right. Now, Still. See, <laughs> now, that's the problem, isn't it? That, that's that's so the far. only bad thing so far. The game... Now, everybody knows that, that Nicole and I's opinion is on on money in games is well everybody who's listened to every right. single episode we've ever done right what's our opinion then nicole go ahead we, we don't like paper money right paper, paper money, money is, is a pain in the butt it, it doesn't slip easy between the bills no you have to like lick your fingers which people frown on right or you have to bring home sort quick and i don't right. want to do that or you lick your neighbor's fingers and they get really mad they really do they do i know now so we we have bought our own set of poker chips to use in place of paper money. Right. Now, we're okay with cardboard money. Most of the time, we won't switch it out unless it's really, you know, overwhelming how much you're going to use these, these little cardboard chips. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in that case, we just, uh, we, we break out our poker chips if it gets too much. Because poker chips are a blast to play with, believe me. They're very nice. I'm not saying little plastic ones. We've got these, these nicer like clay. ones. If yeah. you get the clay chips, they just feel good in your hand. So... Mm-hmm. Now, this but one, this, yeah, what does it this do? This is not exactly your everyday Monopoly money, paper right. money. This is you take the money and, like, on your $1 bills, you're going to take, how I don't, you put it together, but you're taking, like, five and five. Yeah. And they're one-sided, so you'll put them together, like, the five against the back of the other five so that there's faces on both sides. Yeah, so there'll be five levels of faces each way. Yeah, and then you take a strap to put around the middle of it. Yeah, it's a little sticker. Yeah, so it looks like a bank strap. Right. But it's a sticker, so they're not going to come apart. No, I think this is smart. I think it's smart, except for the fact that it's really inconvenient to have to put together. Right. (laughs) It's taking a long time. And for somebody, like, I I can see 
oh, that this, this, there's going to be one pack somewhere that's going to bother me because it's not going to be straight enough. The money's going to be slightly off. Yeah. And it's going to bug the crap out yeah. of me. Coo-coo. I just, I know it's coming. Coo-coo. So I think, uh, maybe, maybe a little. Here's the deal, though, is uh, this is a really kind of interesting way, and we'll see how it turns out because it is a, a, a unique way. And I know I've heard before that the that you know, you know printing cardboard chips in this case there's going to be a lot i mean i've already done the 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 ones like the single digit denomination stacks right. and there were probably 50 stacks so let's just say i had 51 dollar coin chips and then i have like another 25 fives and 25 or no it's like probably 30 fives and 20 tens yeah, instead they printed stacks and stacks right. of paper. And I bet you that that money that they printed in there with the stickers was probably a quarter of the cost of the cardboard. Yeah. And so this is this is like them. Well, I'm just saying this is a nice effort to try to work around cardboard and paper money because the cost difference is, is huge. Yeah, I'll give you that. And so this is now now you're spending stacks of cash. Because you've got these little bundles, so you're yeah, standing. So you don't have to worry about like right. individual pieces. So you don't have to worry about right. them sticking together. And the stickers separate them right. really easily, as opposed to regular money that's sticky and tacky and doesn't really slide. Right. So really interesting. Anyways, we barely cracked the box. We won't be able to play it for <coughs> right. at least a couple of weeks because I, I, I know that there's six hundred. The there's like six hundred cards in the box. Yeah. So there's a lot, and mm-hmm. you only play with about 400 per time, which is also pretty daunting anyway. <laughs> 400 That's a lot, a lot. yeah. <clears throat> but we'll, uh, we'll have to find out if, uh, if the dollar bills you know, are better than poker chips, and we'll probably review this in the future, I'm sure. But oh, this is definitely. brand new. just came out. I mean, this is not a Gen Con release. No. And I'd say it's easily on too, par. Because when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to end up being like a Gen Con or something, and then all of a sudden it's here, and I was just right. in shock. I was like, whoa. Well, maybe it's level level 99's, you know, attempt to try to not be swallowed up by the Gen Con hype. It could be. I don't know. Looks good, though. We're gonna, we'll talk about it in the future. Uh, the next one is a big surprise. Uh, a year ago, we reviewed Betrayal at the House on, at house on the Hill. I would say at the house, but it's not. It's at House no, on the Hill. at House on the Hill. We reviewed that. Now, this game is uh, its a game that, that has a bunch of people just starting off investigating a house. And based on randomized cards, someone is going to all of a sudden become the betrayer of the group. And they're going to become a bad guy. And then they're going to, based on where they're at and what card they drew when they, when they did it or when this happened, they're going to you know pick a scenario of 50 different scenarios or storylines that can happen. And that person all of a sudden becomes a bad guy and all of a sudden everything becomes clear what we're really doing in this house. Mm-hmm. And then they fight all the normal, all the other players. Well, they've come up with a, an expansion for this game. <coughs> and this game, now just so you know, this game has been the same since like, I mean, early 2000s. It's been, I'm not kidding, at least 14 years. Well, did they, did they <laughs> yeah, but they updated the Betrayal they did a re-release of it. Right. That did they change much in it? Not much. They sort of updated these components and downgraded these po- components. Oh. So it was it was kind of a mixed bag. And in the end, the way that people talk to me is that they wish that they would have had the original version rather than the updated version. So Which is what we have. Right. No, we original. have the original, yes. That's what I said. <laughs> now, you this one's... Listen. Right. <laughs> this one's called... <laughs> this one's called Betrayal at House on, on the Hill, Widow's Walk... And uh, this sort of doubles the scenarios in the base game with 50 new ones. 
Now, notoriously, this game, and we talked about this in our review, if you go back and listen to that episode, we talk about how the game is questionably balanced. Mm-hmm. It's sort of all over the place, and sometimes it feels right. Well, I'm sure some scenarios are going to be better than others. <laughs> right. Now, they can't all be winners. Supposedly, they've recruited some kind of all-star designers to sort of help with this. It's not just one guy doing each scenario. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different people that have submitted, you know, that have contributed with scenarios, and I, they don't, they haven't released the list of all the contributors. But supposedly, they're using all-star people, so hopefully those people, you know, are putting their name on the line and, and putting their stamp into this sort of, you know, this game. This, you know, I think it's pretty pretty legendary game at this point. I would think. <laughs> but they're actually putting their names on attached to these scenarios, so hopefully they don't want to be the guy who says, who's everybody says, yeah, this is the most imbalanced scenario. This guy's a, you know, a jerk. <laughs> oh. So hopefully they turn out better. Now, this also has a new floor. In the original game, you had the upstairs, the ground floor, and the basement. This one now includes the roof. <laughs> is it on fire? No. Oh. No, it does not <laughs> need to burn. So, <laughs> so uh, if you enjoy this game, I don't see a reason not to buy this expansion. Honestly, it adds it adds cards to every single deck. You the said Omen you don't deck. see a reason not to or right, I don't to see, buy it? If you, if you enjoy the original game, I don't uh-huh. see a reason not to okay, buy I this. Told, I must have spaced out or something because I, I thought I heard you wrong and I thought you didn't want it. And that like shocked me because no, I want it. No, you're bonkers. I, well, <laughs> So uh, I think the last thing I want to talk about at this weird new segment. Is this a segment? I don't know. Is this going to be a segment? We don't have a... There's no music. I know. I I just feel awkward right now. I don't know what to say. That's fine. How do you feel? Eh, Weird. So last thing I want to talk about, this is just really quick. We'll just wrap this up. Is uh, because of our love of the big game, I thought it was worth mentioning that there has been announced a Castles of Burgundy card game. You going to buy it for me? No. I have to buy it myself. Yes. Great. Now, not a lot is known about this game as there is about the other two games, other than it is designed by Stefan Feld. And it sounds like a settlement sort of resource gaining type game. I don't know. Stefan, like, honestly, Castles of Burgundy is in the top 50 games of all time. Has Feld done any card games? Uh, not really. No, or not really? Not really. He specializes in here's a board of chips and we move them no, through 30 different ways, and then you gain points. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't gain <laughs> 30 points, different but ways. I try. <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. Honestly. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if Feld has done a small card game. I mean, you're asking me a question. I have no idea. Well, you didn't show me the show notes ahead of time, right. so I couldn't prepare. Right. I like to <laughs> give you a right cross. I just quick looked on my phone for uh, silk versus wine arguments. <laughs> While you were going to get some water. So there you go. <laughs> well, enough about these games that are coming up, Nicole. Let's talk about a game we played. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. This is a five for five update. All right. Tonight, because we've had to shorten this because of how busy I am. And yeah. Tonight. We finished the last two games of Valley of the King. Yeah. Kings. uh. Kings. (laughs) Like an hour ago. Right. Like right before dinner. This game is a, uh, it's by AEG, and it's a really small game. I mean, it's it's honestly, comes in like, just like a little, you know, almost like a pocket-sized deck box. Mm -hmm. And this game is like, it's kind of like, catches you off guard because it's a deck building game. And most of the time, the typical deck building game has 300 or more cards 
because you have all these multiple little stacks of cards that you're going to you know buy from and create your own unique deck well this is not like that this one you have a shuffled deck of cards that's shuffled into two parts a part two and a part three and part one is your starting decks Mm -hmm. and it's it's only about i mean would you say it's like 60 cards in this game what's more than that i mean you start with like you start with 10 each so there's 20 right there right so it's probably like 80 cards in the box it's more than that it's probably like 200 cards no it's like 90 totally where's the box go get the box i'm gonna go get the box all right i'll keep talking about intermission don't listen to that intermission song that's not that is not sanctioned so this is a small deck builder game and it comes in a little tiny box. So it kind of catches you off guard because, you you know, normally these are a lot of cards. And also the price point reflects this because I think it's a $15 box. So and this came out in a collection of AEG smaller card games that they had. And this is... Oh, great. She's back and she's still non-sanctioned. <laughs> so this is, a, this is like a $15 game and it is a fairly short game compared to some of them as well it lasts about what 40 minutes or so you suck what 96 artifact cards Boom, 96 so it's just under 100 cards uh what that's way less cards than it feels like it feels like a lot more cards than that really right now this is valley of the kings of course is a an egyptian themed card game and you have these decks like i said you have it all all your phase one cards are in the starting starting decks of each player and you can play two to four players the each of those decks gets shuffled you draw five cards off the top of your 10 card starting deck and you use those cards to gain resources or to play or to gain like money to buy cards or to play their effect that's listed at the bottom of the card now in the middle you have you sh- you shuffle the stage three cards and you put them on down and then you shuffle the stage two cards and put them on top of that, and then you draw them uh, three on the bottom, one two in the middle, and one on top to make so a small like a little, little pyramid. pyramid. Right. To go with the Egyptian theme. <clears throat> now you can buy cards with cards in your Excuse hands me. that generate money. Uh, you can buy all like any of the cards on the bottom row, the bottom three cards. Uh, now, there's effects that can manipulate the cards in the pyramid, but ultimately the base rules say that you can buy only from the bottom stack. Now, when you buy one of these cards, the cards crumble down from the top of the pyramid. So if I was to buy the bottom right card, the number two card, the, the one of the two cards above it, the right of the two cards above it would crumble down into that spot. The card on the very top would crumble down and take that card's spot, leaving an open spot at the top where a single card was and filling in the two and three spots. Two and the three levels. Right. <clears throat> so that's how the game's played, is you have this kind of limitation to these cards and, and, and having to crumble cards in. Now, like I said, there's always effects on these cards that can change everything. In fact, there's a lot of cards in this. But ultimately, what you're doing with this is you're trying to build sets. Because the end game scoring is going to come from mostly building sets of like cards like if you get like for instance statues there's seven different types of statues in the game and if you if you collect all seven statues and you and you put them in your tomb which is like like a, like basically take them out of your hand and put them aside as an action during your turn you could do one card per turn if you do that and all seven of them are over there you multiply the number of cards like by itself so if there's seven cards you would multiply it by seven and you would have 49 points. Right. Okay? Five would be 25 points. Four but would be 16 Some points. of the sets only offer four <clears throat> cards or five right. cards. Right. So the most you're going to be able to potentially get is 
16 points or 25 points. Right. And the catch to this is, is there's more than one copy of each card, but only one of those copies counts in your set collecting. Right. So there might be 14 statues overall in the entire game, but only seven of them can count towards your total. And they have to be seven different statues, named and pictured different statues, mm-hmm. to count as a, as, a, as a multiplier. So you spend a lot of turns basically just looking at your cards and seeing how much money you have based on your cards and buying cards that are in the middle who have a cost and... Then you put them, you know, into your discard pile, and when your when your draw pile runs out, you shuffle your discard pile in, just like you do with a normal deck building game. And on each turn, you're, you know, you know, putting cards in your tomb, you know, putting them out of the game to try to gain these sets to kind of get their points. Yeah. And you play the the game plays through the entire deck, so the game ends when all the cards have run through, and you right. you just stop at that point and you count up all your points and you're done. Well, and each both players have had <clears throat> equal turns as well. Right. Right. Now, so this is, uh, I've played this with two players and I've played it with three players. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel much different. It felt about the same amount of time because there is still a finite number of cards and a finite number of turns that you're going to take. So it takes about the same amount of time no matter what. So it scales really well. <clears throat> and it also also already, already has a sequel called uh, Afterlife. <clears throat> and uh, the, uh, sorry. <laughs> squeaked sneeze. all over the mic. I didn't mean to. <laughs> so the uh, there's another one called Afterlife, and the reviews, early reviews, say that this is pretty much the same game, and it's not worth buying the second one if you already have the first one, because there's not enough different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is this is an okay game. What do you think? I liked it, personally. Yeah? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's a fine little quick in-between palette cleansing game right um i thought it had an okay theme i mean the theme i thought the theme was carried on well throughout the cards Uh you know you've got your statues you have these uh, canopic jars you have uh the book of the dead the book of the book of earth book of the heavens all these books right um and the fact that they come through the little pyramid i mean for such a quick little card game well it's not super quick but for just a small packed card game i thought that the theme was actually pretty well done on it yeah so um it can be kind of mean sometimes because there's there's cards where you was mean well i tried to be but i wasn't very good at it (laughs) but there's cards where you can steal the opponent's cards or um Fred is like, he's a fanatic about calling his deck, okay? If mm-hmm. if he can get rid of the starter cards in any deck builder, that's like one of the first things that he's going to do. Right. I have a tendency not to do that because I f- am afraid that I might need them later for something. I don't know why, but <laughs> I just do. So you're calling your cards like crazy. So the, the part that was mean for me was I was actually giving you my cards. Right. The, you had a card that would cards. basically, it basically made you draw three cards you, it was your Sobek statue. Right. You could draw three cards. You would discard one of them. So Into basically, my own pile. Just, you would just discard it in your discard pile. You put one of them in your tomb, which means you get to collect it as points later. And then one of them you would put in my discard pile. Right. Which and you was always, always give the, you the crappiest card. card. Well, yeah, I'm not going to give you a good card. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are just, you know, simple things like take the cheapest card. Right. There you go. Some of them are, you know, uh, discard a card and draw three more cards. Right. Um. 
I mean, they there's a pretty decent amount of variety of the cards themselves. So right. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think I liked it more than you did, like okay. a lot more than you did. Well, I mean, personally, I would say what I like about the game is is, is a fully realized deck builder in a really small package. Mm-hmm. And if you were just going to like, if you were doing something where you were going to have to wait a little while, like, hey, we got to show up, I got to check in, and then we got like forty minutes to wait, mm-hmm. you know. Or, or like you're 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 just like, hey, well, let's show up to the game store a little early and shop, and if we get bored, then we'll play, the, you know, this until so and so shows up. That's that's a situation where I would play this game. Right. I I on its own, I don't. I mean, it's okay. It's just not quite compelling enough for me. It's just okay. You're gaining points. That's pretty much all you're well, doing: gaining yeah. sets and gaining points. And I mean, there's I, I, beyond the the pyramid of cards it crumbles mm-hmm. i i just don't feel anything for the game <laughs> I mean, here's my thing about it is my big problem with and i love deck building games right but the problem i always run into is once i've seen all the cards and that that discovery is gone i get bored with the game really quickly yeah. i didn't get as bored with this one i thought that the the effects that you get were varied enough individually to be entertaining, right. but also the fact that some games, you know, you would use, like the statue cards were blue. You'd right. use the blue cards like crazy, and you wouldn't touch any of the other cards at all. Right. But the next game, you know, the gold cards <clears throat> were the ones that you end up having to focus on, and you'd end up using all of those effects. So I, I you'd see them all, and you'd have the option to potentially use them, mm-hmm. But so many times it'd be like, well, no, that effect's not going to help me. I'd rather use the money off of it because I already committed I'm going to get just blue cards. Or, I don't know, I just, I didn't get, just because I lost the discovery part, it didn't deter me from it. I still enjoyed it. Okay. Well, one thing I will say then in, in, you know, contrast to that is that by the fifth game, I didn't feel like I was going to change my strategy ever again. Like, I really felt like I knew how to play this game, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to really dramatically change much after that. Probably should have on that fifth game. Why? Well, okay, here's here's the thing. (laughs) Fred swept me. But here's why. The last game... (laughs) And, okay, I suck at games, let's face it. What? (laughs) But that last game, the honest truth is I could have ended it, you know... 20% 20% of the way through the game right. because I could have run you out of cards. Right. I was playing the most aggressive because I had beat you four times in a row and I was like, and we got to record this hungry. episode tonight. Yeah. Let's just hurry up. <laughs> so so I played so aggressively at one point, instead of being able to draw five cards, I drew three cards. Right. This is not even at the halfway point of and the I game. And I had a card in my hand where I could have taken one of his cards. Right. And yeah. then if you'd only had two cards, you probably wouldn't have been able to afford anything at that point. Actually, at that point, I only had high dollar cards. Yeah, but we were getting into that next set of cards that right. the point where the dollar value goes yeah, up. Maybe. To purchase them. Maybe. And then I would have been able to bring that card back through my, my deck right. and There's use that effect again. There's a possibility you could have called me to zero cards and play the rest of the game by yourself. Exactly. And scored ridiculously But high. that, to me, is breaking the game, <clears throat> and I can't I can't do that. Yeah, Just, it actually does not say in the rule books that if, if you run out of cards and you can't draw any cards, you have no cards in your discard or in your hand, that you, 
you know, don't end the game right there. They just tell you you continue to play and smash a card every turn in the pyramid that you can't buy. Which at some point you probably would have gotten a card back because there's different effects on the cards where I have to give you cards if I decide to take that effect. I know, but there's so... I think I'm so, going to sneeze again. I'm so sorry. There's such weenie little cards that you give me. You give me all well, your starter yeah, but, cards. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have necessarily done that later on in the game. I'm just saying, if we would have gone that... If I'd have gone that route... You would have just said, fine, I forfeit, take, done. And we wouldn't even finish the game. And I just cannot do that. It drives it me crazy. It sounds just like me. I know. Isn't my impression Your impeccable? Your terrible. Whatever. So I, I, mean, I couldn't even take that option because I'm not so cutthroat that I will just beat you at all costs. For me, the, playing the game is every bit as important as winning. Oh, how So noble. I... <laughs> Didn't exactly throw that game, but I gave you back a shot, and of course it bit me in the butt, and you won again. That's right. Clean sweep. That's uh, the third clean sweep or fourth? I can't remember. Rivals for Catan was one of them. I'm keeping track. Oh, I have to for your for your sake. Right. Uh, (laughs) Devastation of Indines. No, that wasn't. I was devastated. No, 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 I won one of those. It was Mage Wars. Mage Wars. I beat you five out of five. It's Mage Wars. I mean, come on. Don't don't talk down on my one of my favorite games. I'm so sucky at it. No, I like it. It's a good game, but I'm so sucky at it. (laughs) Valley of the Kings. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. I'd still play it again. All right. Well, just let me let me ask you this: What's your rating out of five? God, that's a tough one on this because I mean, right. Just overall, I'm going to have to go three because there's right. so many other games out there. But, like, if if I knew how to play it and whoever I was having lunch with knew how to play it, mm-hmm. I would totally play it at lunch. Look, if but it does take a l- little bit of time to right. teach somebody, I think. If I'm going into a game store and I'm looking for a great game, this is not it. Okay. Yeah, if but I'm it's looking not a bad game. Well, but if I'm looking for something specific, if I'm looking for a filler game, just some sort of light filler game, and I recognize a box for what it is, which is this little tiny card box, what do I expect out of it? It's mm. it's a three. <clears throat> it's a decent game. I wouldn't say it is as good as No Thanks, which is in a smaller box than this. Yeah, but I would never play No Thanks two-player. <clears throat> it's in the same size box almost as Motainai, and I wouldn't put this on the same level as that. Yeah, but it's way easier than Motainai. Right. I'm just saying, personally, I haven't even given it a rating yet, and you're already defending rating. my rating. Well, then rate it. It's a two. I knew you were going to say that. See, <laughs> and I'm also thinking, you know, like this versus Star Realms. Well, I'd probably choose Star, Star Realms. Realms. is way better than this. I don't know if it's way oh better, but it, it's better. better. But this one was, it was actually fairly unique. I enjoyed it. Although, you know, not so unique because archaeology is kind of similar too. It's better too. No, I don't think so. It I like is. this better than archaeology. You might be crazy. You just <laughs> watch yourself. All right. Well, you say three. I say two. You say potato, I say cheese. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> no? All right. So, Nicole, let's get to uh, our... We're going to go through this oh. a little faster today, I think. I don't have time We've to We've been so anymore. busy. It's crazy. <laughs> like I said, we're recording this three days early because I just don't have time after that. No. So, anyways, this week we got to play a resource management of Roman Conquest. That's what this is, sort of a resource management <laughs> a Roman conquest. description. <laughs> it pretty much is what it is. I know. That's what's so ridiculous It's has some it. deck building elements, too. But I'm just going to tell you, it's kind of a dry game. So let's get some lotion for this game and find <laughs> out what about that. All these games have been games. Some of my decks are extreme. We played a game like this. What about? 
All right, so <laughs> Roman expansion, <laughs> kind of dry. Well, yeah. Now, whenever you're doing like some sort of Roman expansion, whenever I do this what about that segment, I'm always trying to think about what would be interesting or what would be fun for the two of us to talk about as sort of a palate cleanse, you know, amongst all the gaming stuff that we talk about in the, in the, the podcast. That's the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. And it's to force our opinions and and uh, how we see things on you, the listener. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's not what it is. I know. At all for I me. know. I'm just making stuff up. If that's what it is for you, we what? need to rethink this. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Nicole, I decided that we would try to look at our top five driest games. I think in our collection. And this is not necessarily based on how much we like or don't like them. It's just how dry we think they are. Right. This is not. This is not bad games. This is, you know, what the look of them is and and what they would be like to listen to being played. That doesn't mean that there isn't some cerebral response that we have where we really like crunching numbers and really try like trying to math each other, you know, best Mm -hmm. each other with math. And or other dry mechanics. Well, I'm just saying. So... This is our top five driest games in our collection. So your collection might be different. And this is by no means the driest games in the history of board games. But okay? we would love to hear what your opinion of that is. Right. You guys can jump on the on the guild and post that if you want. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you guys are into dry games. <laughs> All right, Nicole. This And this will be from our least favorite of these dry games to our... Or I guess it'll be from the least driest to the most driest. I was going to say, I didn't put them in that kind of... Okay, it's it's least driest to most driest. So what's your number five game, your most your fifth most dry game in our collection? For number if five... If you say Mage Wars, I will smack the I headphones did off your head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That's kind of like magic and spells and theme and... Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, whatever. I cast Wall of Thorns. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> dry. Um, for number five, I put <laughs> Motainai. Number five? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... I, I don't know what theme that's supposed to be. There's no theme to that. Oh, yeah, there is. You're buying stuff at your store? <clears throat> yeah. You're, 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 you've got, you like, a stall. You have paper goods and... And you're putting on displays for customers, and some of them you're just displaying as art. And you're right. And these are the people you have to help you make the art, and this is the resources you have to make the art and the crafts and stuff. Uh-huh. Right? Doesn't it come through? No. Whoa. No. Dry. This is a, you read this card and it's either going to go here, there, or there. And then you move on. (laughs) However. Oh. Love that game. Do you? That game is so much fun. But it is not for your casual, not played any games (laughs) player. You need to know, have a few games under your belt before you're going to appreciate that one, I think. Because it is a mind melt. Right. So. That's my number five. It's a tough one. It's, yes. High learning curve. Very. Straight up. Yes. Sheer cliff. So good. Put your climbing shoes on. I think that might have been another one you swept me at. No, Get I think I won one of them. Yeah, you won one. Okay, good. You were good. <laughs> my number five is Confusion. <clears throat> confusion is supposed to be this spy game, you know, where you're, you feel like, you know, you're a team of spies and you're up against another team of spies and one of you is Russia, the other one's the United States, and you're trying to, you know, outsmart the other spies. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel like that really at all. I mean, there's a little bit of secret information and I, I got to give it up for Stronghold Games because the the board looks great. I mean, the components it, it, are so fun to play with. It looks with. so thematic, but ultimately when you start playing it, it's just like playing Stratego 
or anything else just with secret movement. It's just like a little gimmick variation of Stratego, checkers, chess kind of thing. Right. So it, it's the theme really doesn't come out. They even have yeah. like they even have pictures on the front of all the the pieces in there on these like blocks that you put on the table that mean nothing. Oh, I can only tell you I can tell you what one of them is. There's, is it the pistol? No, there's a knife. Okay, there's a pistol. Oh, well, okay, there's two then. There's a walkie-talkie. Is there a walkie-talkie? Yes. No, a walkie-talkie is something else, isn't no, it? It's I thought a that was your secret. Nope. I don't even know. Screw broker. Now the uh so <laughs> Yeah, I mean that doesn't come through at all. Right. Right. Super so dry. confusion is my number 5. That's my number 4. Your number four is confusion. Uh-huh. Did you look at my list? I did not look at your Don't list. Don't look at my list. I didn't look at your list. Are you confused about this? No. You sure? Totally. What reasons do you hate confusion? Not hate. I don't but... hate it. I actually, again, I really enjoy <laughs> yeah, playing it. Yeah, I like confusion. It. Go ahead. But, uh, but man, yeah, it's dry. Like you said, I can't even remember what any of the components have on them. Right. They, they feel great. They are like fancy domino mahjong kind of tile right. things. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. But... I'm a spy? Really? I didn't get that. <laughs> it doesn't come through. No. If you read the story in the book, maybe. No, not even then. Eh, okay. Even then, you'll read it, and you'll be like, that's what this is supposed to be? And you'll look mm-hmm. at it in, like, two games, and you'll be like, oh, sure. yeah, spy game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that your was your number, number four. My number four is confusion. This, this is going to chap everybody right now. Oh, no. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Get some chapstick out. Because <laughs> it's Dominion. <laughs> Really? Oh my goodness. I, I get nothing from that game. It's a deck building game and you're supposed to be building like this little medieval city or something. I mean, I don't even know. All you know what it is to me? Oh, I buy cards so I can get point cards. And when I buy the point cards, if I buy enough, I win. <laughs> to me, that game is Don't let Chris buy any more of that one card where all it lets you do is Buy more cards and buy more cards and then buy more cards. When you buy more cards, then you can buy another card. So you can Here's buy. Here's what a card. I remember about Chris's game in that one that you're talking about, is that he had so many card draws that he drew his entire deck out and he still couldn't do anything worthwhile. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember. He drew his entire deck almost and he still couldn't buy what he needed to buy. It was insane. I don't even know what <laughs> happened. I don't know how he did it, but it was it was annoying. It was like next game. I don't want to play with that card in there. I mean, this game honestly, this is this is what Dominion does. It just gives you you have a buy. And you have a sell or something like that. You know, you have a buy and a... Draw. A, no, it was draw. something else. There's a draw, there's a buy, there's a... Action. Action. So they have act, one action, one buy, and that's it. And then you draw back up. And then mm-hmm. you can add to that. So you can get more than one action. And some of the cards have actions on them. Some of them, uh, some of them you know, uh, provide money. Because mm-hmm. you can buy coin cards that, that add more money, etc. But it's just ultimately, it just feels like, I mean, I know it's the original one, but we have, we have it and we've played a lot of variations of it. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying that that theme is nothing. There's nothing to that game that makes me go, oh, I'm going to buy the Thieves Guild because then I get to steal stuff from you or something like that. I mean, maybe there is that in there. It's totally But it just there, doesn't come it? through at all. Well, not that much, but. Nothing, I nothing say, about it makes me feel like I'm building a city. It just makes me feel like I'm buying point cards, and how do I buy more point cards? And that's where my entire focus is the whole time, and nothing else comes through whenever I'm like, oh, this time I get to play the blacksmith, even though the blacksmith's in my town. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know for both of us, I think that's why we were like, because we played that, and then we played Thunderstone, and it was like, whoa, we go into a dungeon and we attack stuff? Right. Totally okay. And I'm recruiting sold. party members, yeah. recruiting, quote, out of my cards that I get randomly every turn. 
you know, but and the they sometimes that, have the right equipment and sometimes don't. The only thing don't. that makes that less dry is the fact that there is a dungeon to go into. But I it's mean, a very theoretical dungeon. I honestly feel like I'm recruiting guys into my little stable of heroes and stuff, and I'm, I'm equipping them because I'm, I'm giving certain guys the equipment so it can boost their stats the way I need it, and, you know, and that they have certain strengths, so only certain guys can use certain stuff. There's a lot of, like, a lot more depth to that theme than there is in Dominion. Dominion has yeah. none. Wow, well, see, I don't think it's nearly <clears throat> as dry as you do. It's I had a hard dry. time with this list, though. So I know. You're not tough. All right. <laughs> so What's your number three? Uh, my number three is diamonds. Diamonds? It's, it's so just, cool. You got diamonds and it's vaults. It's very cool. I don't feel like I'm stealing from a vault. You don't? Even no. when you take it, diamonds, like take a serious little acrylic diamond out of a person's vault, you don't feel like you're stealing from their vault? No. I feel like I'm playing... <laughs> spades or rummy or whatever right. card game that you know whatever and i don't think there's any theme that this really no. builds up like it doesn't actually say your diamond thieves the theme is just your your you have diamonds out of your vault and diamonds in your vault diamonds if out of your vault like can be stolen if there were like a story and if the cards were different <clears throat> or something maybe well i mean I, obviously you do play with a, a, a you know a hand of cards that is suited just like a normal deck of cards mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, really, I think that the the those diamond acrylic diamonds in the vault, little vault shields and stuff on you the, don't think that's dry. I don't. I don't think it is as dry as Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. My number, number three. three. <clears throat> Lost cities. Oh no! I that's the way I play it. I tell a little <laughs> story to go along with it about you know your. <laughs> what? I don't know. Go ahead. What are you talking about? The little guy. He's going to. Yeah to the up the mountain and he's going to take his team with him yeah and what (laughs) What are you talking about because like how was that oh god the (laughs) the fact that you can go and play these cards but if you don't play enough of them then you end up losing points I equated that to, you know, if you go on this expedition, but you just don't don't have your heart into it, you're going to get hurt. This is and crazy. you're not going to be successful. I, I think you're the but only person But if you put your heart into the like whole this. thing, then you'll get all these points and you'll win the game. And I make like a whole little... I, I always ask climbers when they're going on an adventure, I'm always like, how many points do you think you're going to get? And they're always like, oh, no, 15. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, what? There's, there's no, you really believe in that theme. I don't believe in that at all. Those cards are amazing looking. Everything's really no. pretty. The artwork's gorgeous. This is this is way less theme than diamonds. No, I disagree, <laughs> sir. I disagree. Less. Way less card like theme than diamonds. Diamonds, you have little chunky diamonds and vaults on the table. You're you're just playing numbered cards on a table and going. But you've got like a whole map. I hope and I get the twenty. To, but you're trying to get more points and and not screw up, not not screw up that risk that you took by putting that that hand card there and then like what was it a little thumbs up or something that you'd get? No, it's, it's not it's, a thumbs it's up. A it's little a little times two thing. I don't know. Whatever. And then if you do another one, you get a times three. And if you really push your luck, you might actually. I don't get, get this theme. What, you, what you're saying makes no because sense to me Because you put your all. whole heart and soul into that trip. That doesn't trip, make any sense to me. <laughs> into that trip of, 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 of your expedition up the mountain. I don't I, know. Because like there's, there's the mountain, and then there's like the you ocean. You're going out and exploring in the ocean. Nope. And then there's the desert and nope, the yellow I, cards. I got nothing. You just... 
I you, got nothing. You have no imagination. <laughs> that that is that is the driest game. <laughs> Whatever. It's numbered cards that you're of different colors that you're trying to get in a sequence, and if you play enough of them, you get more. If you get more than twenty points, you collect the points. If you, you have, have multiplier cards, you get multiplied. You have to use the information given and use your imagination. No, there's no imagination. You can completely just... <laughs> Did you, you can, read the book? Read this. There's a story in the book. I could I could take the color out of these cards and make various backgrounds, polka dots you and could. zebra stripes, and it wouldn't make any difference oh, to well, how I play this game. Oh, well, then you'd be on a safari and... It makes no difference how I would play <laughs> this game. I'm telling you. It's the driest game. Okay. I'm moving on. Okay, move on, because you're wrong. Nope. <laughs> Number two, Indigo. Indigo? You got the cool little gems. and It's and it, gorgeous. It's the most pretty game. And I think anybody walking by that table would look at that game at the end of the game and go, That's really what pretty. What game is this? And yeah. be intrigued by how, I didn't say how it pretty wasn't it looks. Pretty, but you're just, here's a gem. And then if you place this tile, yeah. you move your gem. Pretty. It's your turn. So good. What, you're gonna you're gonna move that gem. You're gonna put place that tile there. Move the gem there. Oh, okay. I think you make a dazzling, unique piece of ribbon art every time you play that game. I don't think it's very unique. Probably when it comes down to it, I think it's amazing. It's beautiful. I don't think it's that dry. I, I don't. I don't. Dry. I don't think it claims to be anything it's not. And I, I think didn't it's. Say I think it it's. Did. And I think it's enjoyable to look at. <laughs> What's your number two? Okay, fine. My number two, the Duke. Hmm. And I'm not talking about pooping. Oh, gross. <laughs> the Duke is this game. It's sort of like a checkers chess game, except you start with a few of these pieces, you know, on the board. And uh, they are two-sided little squares. And you've got a grid, just like a checker or chess board. You have a grid of, of squares, and you have these little wooden chips. And they say something like they say a title of what they are. And they show you these little movement patterns based on, you know, whoever they are. And you can move wherever those patterns say you can move. They'll show you your little piece in the middle, and you can like, oh, I can move diagonal one space with this guy, or I can move, or I can move two spaces forward. And it gives all these variants of jumping or sliding, or you know, just simply moving. And then whenever you move that piece, you flip it over, and you get to move differently next time mm -hmm. because there's a different movement pattern. The whole point is just to kill the other player's duke. That's the entire point of the game. Right. Land on their duke. This is supposed to simulate, like, combat. Sort of like chess, you know? Which doesn't. Which me. is so dry looking. When you give the setup, the theme of this is is soldiers fighting other people and this duke controlling the battle from the back. Right? Right. And it just doesn't really feel like that ever. These checker chess games will never capture that spirit, really. No. Okay, it's They're it's dry. completely some abstract thing that has nothing to do with the actual feel of warfare. Right. To me. That's just the Duke. I don't even have any more to say about that. There's game. not even a single picture on anything. It's all just grids of movement. It is so dry. You have a bag of chips. They have a bag of chips. You draw them out and you put them on the table and you move them and try to grab the other guy's Duke. And you're having a giant battle. No, no. you're not. You're not. It's the Duke. <laughs> The Duke is blast, though. It's cool. It's very unique. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What's your number one? The Duke. You duked on me? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, it's everything you said, dry. You think it's the driest yeah. game in our whole collection? I do. Wow. I Yeah. Well, then I'll blow you away with mine. What? 
Motainai. You think that's more dry than the yes, Duke? Yes, that does not. I don't feel like I'm selling goods or doing but anything. At least they tried to give it a theme. They <laughs> told you you were selling goods. Only this good you're going to put in your art gallery. At least in There's the Duke, like I kind of say, "Look, it. I landed on you, so I killed you." So that's sort of warfare. This Would, is like no, no, <laughs> no. Personally, I think Motainai fails at at feeling like its theme. I I think they at least had more effort. I think I could theme. I think I could re retheme that to 20 different themes and it wouldn't change the game at all. I don't think I could retheme the Duke too much. Well, no. You know? But that's the thing. You can't retheme the Duke cuz it has no theme. It's dry. <laughs> it's themeless. Exactly. Thus number 1, I win. I'm not going to give you this win. I win. I think you lost 4 of the last <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say three of your five were lose. So I'm going to take Motainai them If could be rethemed, then it's not as dry. Hey, you know what we forgot to say? Wait, what? no, wait, never mind. Never mind. We did. What? I forgot that I, I, we, I was, I was forgot, forgetting for some reason that I swept you in that last game. <laughs> no, we pointed that out. Thank okay, you, thank sir. you. Thank you. I just wanted to point that out again. We're on a different segment All right. altogether. <laughs> so since since I swept you in that, I get the, the tie vote, the tie breaking vote in the two one versus one vote. <laughs> <laughs> I think Motainai is the driest game in our whole collection. No, it's definitely the Duke. However, <laughs> what? I have an honorable mention. Really? You get to do this? Always. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Chess. Because we actually own a copy, but I can't actually put it on a list because it's just like, I will never put like Parcheesi on a list right. or Sorry on a list or any of the mainstream always everybody knows them games. I don't want to put right. those on a list unless we do that list specifically. You want but, me to give an honorable but, mention? Oh my god, chess is boring. <clears throat> right. I'll give you Dry. Honor, I'll give you an honorable honorable mention. Okay. This is this will be controversial. Oh no. The Don't game, say it. The game that feels the driest to me, and this is a combination of just how it plays out versus the you know, ha- the length of the game is Power Grid. That game. Why didn't you put it on the list? I don't know what because it's not really dry, and I, I think when I keep thinking about the smaller parts of it, it doesn't I know it's got tons of theme. I know it's got a market. You bid on stuff and you get resources and stuff. But for some reason, that game is just dry. (laughs) That's my honorable mention. But not quite dry enough to make that top five, I don't think. You're weird. I know. In your face. Well, there you go. I think I need some water now. I know. There you go. Now, uh, if you have a game that didn't make our list of uh, dry-themed games... You can let us know in the guild, uh, and now I'm going to get a drink of water, too, and I'm going to need it because we're getting right into this week's game. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, Concordia. Nicole, this game is played on a map of the Mediterranean and the surrounding land. Now, all over the map are cities of uh, of the land connected by either sea routes or roads. 
Now, each city space has two goods that they generate. The goods are either food, brick, silk, or wine. Now, each player begins the game with a ship in the sea and a person in Rome. Each player also receives a set of cards that they will use to take actions. This game is a deck builder that each player begins with that is that each player begins with the same stack of cards and adds cards during the game, resulting in each player's deck being dramatically different by the end of the game. Now this is important because those cards will end up relating directly to the map and scoring at the end of the game. Now on their turn, players will play a card that allows them to take a certain action, such as moving their ship or colonist, building on a space with their ship or colonist, or buying cards from the market of cards, or selling and buying goods, etc. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Right. <clears throat> now after they take their action, they pass their turn to the next player, who plays a card, so each player continues to build, ga- build gaining resources, adding better cards, expanding their empire. Now how they expand their decks and territory is very important, like I said, because at the end, they will generate points, lots of points. Now, like for instance, building uh, in every single territory on the entire map will give, will score you a multiplier if you have a certain card. Or the number of colonists you control at the end of the game if you have a certain card could potentially multiply and, and add to your score as well. Or the number of a certain type of good and the number of times or and the number of cards you have of a certain type. All of that. You get the idea. Let's get to this struggle for land and resources, Nicole. What do you think? Sorry. I'm <laughs> tired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, there is a lot to it, this game. I mean, there's like a, a lot to it. Now, this, is, this isn't a game that you can explain in like a minute and a half, Mm-mm. even though Daniel said it was pretty easy. And he did a fine job explaining this. He does a really good <laughs> job explaining. We should have him like. Have him what? guest host or something i don't know oh whatever <laughs> <laughs> maybe he could explain some games now better than me anyway right now we don't own this game no. this is daniel's game he brought it over and he does that here and there he's a he's a pretty big board game fan he has a pretty good collection that i understand uh <clears throat> so he's the one who taught this to us and he did a good job but i did kind of like whenever i play a game like this i always kind of have a hard time learning the game because you don't you can have all this information, but you still can't quite equate how that's going to relate in, in into the flow of how the game plays. Like you can have all this. Oh, yeah. Then we do this. Then we do that. And you can always have these other options. And then you do this until the end and you get points. But that doesn't mean you know how to play the game. There's there's some sort of flow to this, something organic that you're missing when you read these these rules like this. Right. So, <laughs> so let's just let's just see how this game starts out. OK. <laughs> I'm going to... <clears throat> Nicole, what would you rate your confidence level right now of winning this game? Is that a, this is out of five. Oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to play an architect. So I'm that means... winning a one. Why that not? means I move. I'm going to go so two because you said one. Is that okay? I got two guys, so I have two movement. I'm going to use this boat. I'm going to go... This is one, two to be over here in Africa. That's his opening move every time, isn't it? Is well, that, if it's, it's I can I can no. afford less than you guys can because I. So a brick city costs one food, and a tool city costs a brick and a tool, and that's going to cost me four dollars total. I only get one dollar back, and I put out a house. I usually play on the other side. And you usually lose a person first, actually. 
He does? Yeah. That's usually his opening move, so he's branching out. Yes. So, <laughs> now if I prefect in Africa, I would get two tools and a brick, which is why I did that. Yeah, thanks. Man, that's mean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jamie was mean right off the bat. I know. She comes out with the sass. Turn <laughs> she one. Was sassy. <laughs> Jamie's telling us that uh, Daniel's playing different than normal. And that's that's Barely. good for us because I, I, you know, I don't find my confidence, like I said at the start. I'm, you mean, I'm just sitting there. I, I don't know how you felt, but I, I just, I was sitting there like with this jumble of ideas, like, how does this all work again? I know I can kind of do a few different things. But I felt I don't... the same way how I feel at any game that's being taught <laughs> to me. What's going on? Can we go through a few rounds before I... And what do I say? Just, it's my turn. Let me think about what I'm doing. Leave me alone. Don't ask me questions. Here's the book. I don't know if that was a better impersonation or not. <laughs> it was a little better. You didn't quite make me sound so doofy. Yeah, that's my go-to. I like the doofy. No, that's all girls. All girls will like impersonate a guy, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Well, usually we form words." Well, and that's like that's why guys are always like, "Yang yang." <laughs> no, that's what we do when we I talk know. about when we do girl voices. Mm-hmm. It's always the super nag, and you're always like the dumb lummox. Right? I don't know how to do it otherwise. I'm not good with the impersonations. Well, I mean, let's hear how you do on your first turn. How about that? (laughs) Let's do that. And then build there and there, right? Yep. So that costs you $3 total (laughs) and and two two food and and one brick. So I'm glad I have that because I didn't pay enough attention. (laughs) Two food and brick. Got it. This stuff's expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's my turn. What's really like, which didn't happen, what's really like one of the better setups is if a silk and a a brick are right next to each other. Because then you could build both of those. But that didn't happen. So I'm going to go one, two, I think. Yeah, and then I'll build a food and a and the silk. And you're using your card. We can't. You can't to. do both because you don't have two bricks. Oh yeah. Oh well, this is bricked up. All right, hold on a second. Going backwards. So she yes, she. We both could do two because we both built in a brick city, which doesn't need bricks because they already have bricks. But so you could take your guy. Doesn't need a brick. Yeah, food, doesn't need yeah. a brick, a food, and two dollars. Oh, I was looking at the brick. Sorry, I'm ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, we've been together a long time. <laughs> and then Nicole died. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, um, you could go over here and start going that way because then there's your break. I know you're trying to usher me out of here. That's no, okay. That's fine. Yeah, but but then, but then you have to pay an extra $2. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which he would have because he's has. got. What is that one? Is that a two? That's a two. There's ones and twos and fives and tens. What if I sail over here, though, to like right there? Yep. Do you like $2 sincerity? And then I can do, if I do this. Should I do like do his thing thing where I use that little. Diplomat? Diplomat. Should I diplomat? I'm going to diplomat. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing? I'm diplomating you. So I use your architect card. And I build. Instead of your architect card? And I build a. 
a pottery in a food place? Wine. No, I Wine. can't because I think it's too brick again. You can't. This is awful. It's the okay, only but you way... don't have to move that later, so you could still buy that wine if you got brick on your next turn. I won't get brick on my next turn. But you might. Well, by the next turn, you want to play an architect. Yeah. It's terrible. I can't do anything. All right, so I'm not doing any boat stuff. It's ruined already. But I'm jealous of you guys. You guys both got to you build don't have, twice. You don't have to. I mean, I yes, we did. You don't have to. Uh, I don't see a move other than the ones you guys did where I can build twice. Well, other than paying a lot uh, of money. Other than paying an extra $2, there is not. That's okay. That just means they have less resources to build on the next turn. Does it? Yes. But what, I mean, so if you just build in one spot. If I went one, two to right here, right. it would cost me $2 extra? It would cost, yeah, it would cost you five total. If you wanted to build two, or you could just build one and then continue to move this way. Because they're here, like you'd spend a food here and money and All then right. move again. I'm just going to spend a food. food. Oh, and that's actually, yeah. I'm going to spend a, a food point. to do that. Why am I helping? I don't know. <laughs> so what she's saying is, so you played the <clears throat> diplomat card. Right. I did. Somewhere. So you have to play it out, yeah. Then she's saying later, because you, now you still have your architect, you'd go one, two, and you can also build this because you have a food. And a brick and a wine. Right. You might not have enough money for that, but it's it's well, fairly Well, it only cost me a dollar, so I need a dollar. It's fairly easy to get See? money. I was helping. It's fairly Thank easy you. to get a I little I appreciate bit. it. Nicole, <laughs> not going to help me. It's not <laughs> helping you, sir. Now, this is like truly a rare occasion where I've not read any instructions. They've just been, you know, thrown at me across the table, and I'm just going cold. <laughs> I'm just going really cold and with the assurance that it's not that bad. Right. You know? And so, I mean, you can hear how slow I'm taking the turn because I'm just like, I've got to get a grasp on this because I'm not well, figuring it out. And on top of it, I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm missing the move that I need to do. And after talking all that through, what happens? I find the move that gets me two spaces, just like you guys did. It just took me a little bit more, you know, finagling to get there. Right. But you can even hear out. just in that first turn. <clears throat> You're talking about the architect cards. The architect cards are the ones that let you build in the first place. Then right. you're talking about the diplomat cards. The diplomat card um, copies the copies, top card of someone's discard. Part. Yeah. So if somebody else has used a card, <clears throat> you get to use that effect as well right. without using your own card that has that same effect. Right. Um, so there's there's so many cards to, to be able to figure out what they mean in the first place. Then you've got this whole chart of what it costs to buy the different buildings in the different areas. Plus right. there's... You have to pay to... You only get a certain number of moves. It's just... It, there's a laundry list of things to know right off the bat. Right. So this, you're absorbing all of it. Yeah, there's... I mean, I know ultimately and and that this game's not that hard. But up front, it's a pretty big learning it's curve to begin with. Yeah. For sure. And you can hear that. I mean, all that expansion discussion where even Daniel... And Jamie, who are trying to help me, take a long time to finally discover this move that I can make that gets me to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And so, so credit where credit's due. Jamie's <clears throat> the one that actually figured out your move, not you. I know. So, I know. Thank you, Jamie. Just thanks sorry. for helping and not wanting to help. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jamie. Don't help him. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, let's listen to Jamie's first turn. Okay. okay. All right, so I'm actually going to use my senator because I never see this card come out for this cheap this early. Um, oh, so, is that good? Yeah. I have no idea. So I'm going to pay a food, and I'm also going to get the second diplomat. And so I'm going to pay a tool. And then something. And something. Oh, I'm going to pay a tool and, and a wine, right? A wine? Maybe not. 
Well, but like, I don't want to pay my break. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay whatever's on the card, and then, so she has to pay three right. reasons. And a, a wine, a wine. Mm. What is that? Is that really it's hard expensive. to get or something? It's just the second most expensive thing. So if but, she played, if she was going to pay with a silk, you would have been like a silk, yeah, like that. But yeah. now it's I get basically now I get these two cards. So those cards are in her hand. This is in her discard pile. Where's her dog? At the end the of room. the turn, all the cards slide down, and we get to look at two new ones, but they're. So there's the same thing as these, only for tools, and another colonist card. If you super duper care, you can look over here. This little table tells you how many of each god is in the deck with this number of players. Okay. So if you super duper wanted to math it out. Yeah, that's not happening. With me. <laughs> thanks. Aww, thanks rather, for thinking I could do that. I'd rather enjoy myself, I think. <laughs> Alright. I <laughs> Jamie sounds super experienced at this game. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't she say that it was like her like she had played it with Daniel a lot? Yeah, but they'd played like the other board because like if you play with two players, you play the flip side of the board and it's much smaller. Right, but and she's like immediately like this card is never this cheap, and I'm like, well, there goes that opportunity for a first time yeah. player. So the senator card is what she played, and the senator allows you to purchase two cards from the card track. Right. You could go the entire game and not buy any cards from that card track. That would be a terrible idea. It would be a bad idea, but you could potentially do it. Because your game points are really based on those bonuses and those cards. Right. But in order to pay for those cards, you have to already have resources. Right. Which the three of us had already spent on doing expansions on the map. So we have to first be able to gain back more resources before we can even afford any of the cards. Right. It's like it takes so much money to make money in this game, but then to get the money in the first place is just crazy. You constantly feel like you're broke. Right. For sure. Or not having a lot of resources. But she jumps right in and she buys those bonus cards. And those bonus cards, they're they're not just split up into this card gives you bonuses for this, but they also multiply each other and they're broken down into different gods or something like that. Yeah, the whole thing was... That was part of the theming and there. If you, and if you had, like, more than one of a certain god's cards, you could multiply sometimes the number of that god's cards by the number of bonuses you got per thing. Depending on what the bonus was for. <laughs> right. So there's, exactly. like, there's, there's a multiplier plus another multiplier on top of it. But purchasing the cards in the first place, you almost kind of need to know what they do mm-hmm. before you feel like you're comfortable buying any of them. Right. And since we didn't know, we would have never known, hey, look at that card. We should totally buy that. Right. Whereas since she's played it several times, she knew, hey, I'm going to go ahead and buy that card. Right. Now, I know that this game sounds dry. And here's Daniel's second turn. But first, let's hear some uh, awesome <laughs> poop banter. What? Is the neighbor dog again? I don't know. That neighbor does a Rain bad job of not letting his dog crap in other people's yards. The only time you really care if a dog craps in your yard is when you step in it. You know that, right? Which I have done. <laughs> when you step and your foot sort of slips for no reason, you're like, what is that? Oh. <laughs> then you're like, why can't you keep your dog out? That's when I really care. Although I did have a fella yell at me for, for letting my dog crap in their yard, and I was sitting there with a plastic bag in my hand picking it up. Not building yet. And he but yelled at me I'm to be a better neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. Mm. Mm. I think he's doing good. Why would you do that? Me? 
Who's doing good? Nicole's doing pretty good. Oh, Daniel knows you're up to something, too. I'm not up to right. anything. I just wanted my boat away from everyone else. I'm going to play uh, this better Mercator that I just picked up, which means, first off, you just get five bucks. Then you can trade up to two goods. I'm going to sell wine, so that's one type of good, or uh, silk. So I get uh, seven. And then I'm going to buy uh, two bricks, which costs six. So really, you could just... Instead of doing it like I did it, where I took all the money and then I put the money back, you just do the math and not do the extra motions. Okay. I'm just going to say, you don't yell at someone for picking up their dog poop in your yard. You yell if they don't. <laughs> yeah, that guy was crazy. Right. And, and by the way, Nicole... It feels like you and I are playing a different game than Daniel and Jamie. Well, again, they understand <clears throat> these cards. So Daniel, as he said, he's like, I'm going to play this better Mercator card that I picked up. Right. Indicating he had bought that in a previous, in a, one of the earlier rounds right. or from this clip. He knew what it did. Right. Now he that's knew why it was else. going to be beneficial for him. That's something else. These cards that you're buying not only do those bonuses and those upgrades and stuff at the end, but they also give you these enhanced effects so that you get additional effects, you know, to just the base set of cards. A lot of them are just upgrading your your base cards. Right. So it'll be the same effect that you currently have, but a little bit better. Like that one, you got money just for having it. Right. And playing it, rather. Plus, it gave you the opportunity to trade in some of your goods. Right. In case you needed other goods. Mm-hmm. So, but again, this is an effect he knew about, so we didn't buy that card. Right. He did. We didn't know it was good. <laughs> so let's jump uh, a few player turns forward. I'm not going to subject everybody to every single turn. <laughs> no, there was, we had to do a lot of uh, fun talking in between rounds, too, because it just got quiet. And... Right, right. Now let's, uh, we'll land on one of your turns in the future, future, future. <laughs> no. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put a colonist, and I'm going to take five bucks plus one for each. So seven. Yeah. Seven bucks. She's got the game can go, like, quickly, like, because that's your turn. I mean, that's her whole... Right. I'm going to do the flip the coin bonus for a prefect. So you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You get seven. I need to do that, because you did that to me last time. Seven dollars, please. I didn't do that to you. I haven't haven't messed with those at all. You haven't? Just my last turn, yeah. It was Daniel who did that last time. Yeah, it was all me. Well, I've got plenty of money now. Okay. All right, <laughs> so I'm actually also going to use my colonist card to get seven. Because I need money. Well, five, six, seven. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to Tribune. So I'm keeping one card in my hand. That's fine. Let's just... Okay, so this is how the Tribune... So you put the Tribune down, then you count. One, two, three. Then whatever's left. One, two, three, four, five. So I get five dollars. Well... Uh, then, uh, the other thing with the Tribune, so now all these cards are in my hand, is you can pay one food and one anvil to spawn a guy in Realm, uh, which I miscalculated and I'm actually not going to do, but it's usually a good idea to do that because it's uh, efficient. Uh, now... For score, we're just going to take a quick, because they suggest doing this. Already, I'm like worried. <laughs> they suggest doing this in the rule book. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, calculate how many points I have currently. So you guys will get like an idea of what's happening. 
I have very few because I don't have any. So these are the different gods, and this is your track there. For every $10, and this is the only card, this is the only Vesta card you can't buy anymore. Uh, for every $10 I have, I get a point. So I have plus, that includes selling all your goods. So at the end of the game, you'll liquidate everything. Thing. So that'd be two points. Uh, three points, not enough. So that'd be three points there, and then that's. Are, are we doing that right now? That? Yeah, but we're gonna. Well, I'll reset it. This is just to see what's going on. Uh, I only have one Mars card, so every guy I have on the board is worth two points. So, so four. So just another four. For every type of good I produce, that's two. That's four points. So, and I only produce two types of goods because I have two of these cards. Okay. Oh, so you get it twice? Yeah, so you get, so I got four points twice. Okay. For every non-brick city I have built, I get two points because I have two of these cards. And I only have one non-brick city. So he gets it again. Sorry, he has two. So it's only, so it would have only, it, only two points total. Oh, yeah. never mind. Because I have a brick city. And then for every province I'm in, I get a point, and I'm only in one province, but I have two of these cards. So okay, you can see how. Oh, and I for every food city I have, I get three points, but I have no food cities, so that's worthless. Okay, scoring. So obviously, you'll have a bunch more cards. You'll have right. a bunch more spread out, yeah. so the multipliers will kick in harder. See, I should have just waited and let Daniel <laughs> explain scoring. I don't know if it made any sense any more than what we've explained so far. Well, I think here's one of the things that Daniel does when he teaches games that I think is really cool is he will take like, you know, an intermission, basically, like after the first round or so well, and explain where we are. That. And Oh, does it? He said the book says, he goes, I know this is weird, too. but the book says we should do this right now. Oh, Yeah. And that, well, that's, this is the, the end book. of the third turn, is what this is. Yeah, so he's basically just explaining to us, this is how scoring works. This, right. No, that was only the first turn. No, no. Oh, that was actually Tribune, that's right. We've jumped forward. One of the cards is, is the Tribune card, and when right. you play that, you get to pick up your deck back into your hand. Mm -hmm. And you get like a certain amount of money and whatnot for it. Mm -hmm. So that's when he did it. It was the first time he did the Tribune. Right. He explained the scoring. Because we've got several rounds we're going to have to play after that. Mm -hmm. but it kind of gives you an overview of this is what these cards are doing for you. Right. It did help, except that I didn't, at, at the time he did it, I didn't actually realize that's what he was doing. I mean, I know he said this. the book tells you to do that, but, right. but I didn't realize that's what he was doing. <laughs> well, I mean, this is how it works. I mean, we collect cards. They give us bonuses based on what we have on the board. Weird timing, though, to tell the scoring of the game. Yeah. He, I mean, he didn't really say it up front. It just kind of happens right now. And this is like uh, the end of turn three. And just to kind of give everybody everybody an idea of what's going on, because it's not, it's not really important. But the uh, Nicola's traveled northwest of Rome, kind of covering a bunch of land spaces. Uh, Daniel traveled southwest into the Mediterranean, into northern Africa like Northwest Africa, and Jamie traveled southeast to North, Northeast Africa and is kind of starting to fill in on the east part of the Mediterranean. And I have traveled northeast and have now gotten kind of over to where, almost meeting Jamie in between Africa and, and, uh, and Europe. <clears throat> so that's kind of what's going on. Uh, so here's, here's a few player turns. Let's just kind of go through a few things here real quick. 
Oh, it's my turn now. Um, where did I put that card? I'm an architect. And I move my dude. This guy. One and two. And then I'm gonna build all that stuff. So I get to. I have to build a. I need this two is the food. worst part about going last. I cannot build anywhere. <clears throat> two food, a brick, and it takes four dollars plus a dollar, right? So if I put a fiver in, I build all that stuff. This it costs four dollars. Yeah, yeah, it costs you five total to build right. there, and you, yeah, you. So then we get there and there. Hey, Daniel, I put my house right next to yours. Keep your dog out of my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see boo beagle size poop on your man. It's not his dog. Uh, all right, I'm going to prefect in Germany because I need food. So you get. You get food. Plus whatever was on there. And a tool. tool. And I get a tool. And I can make tool. a person. Yeah, you love making people. Because I have so many to show for my life. <laughs> yes. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> what? Making people. Alright, I'm going to play this farmer card. So each of my farm zones gives me a food, which I only have two. But I get two food. <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, if you listen, that's, that's three turns. and That's only a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. That, that's how much the game quick. speeds up. I mean, once, once we get you our... know what you're doing. Well, yeah, once we get our feet wet and we start really kind of getting a hang of it, the game speeds up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we've been playing about an hour, and <laughs> I will say that I didn't pay enough attention to the scoring, but I'm really now confident in, in playing the game. <clears throat> so now I know what's going on, and it took, it took me a while. It took me almost an hour to really get a sense of how the game flows and what I'm supposed to be doing and how it's going to relate with how every of all the options you have. And you're going to remember that the <clears throat> next time you teach us games. Maybe. <laughs> now, uh, that that's just that's just a good example of how long these real mechanical centric games take for me to understand. And I'm I'm sure that's that's probably true for a lot of people, you know? Mhm. <clears throat> now, during my next turn, or during during my during uh, I guess my next turn, Jamie gives me some insight in into the game. All right, at Tribune, and I don't have anything to build people with, of course. I think it's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, let me count these again. <clears throat> one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dollars, please. <clears throat> Thanks, I thought my pants okay, were fancy. I'm also doing <laughs> That's <laughs> Dr. Mr. Fancy Pants. I know. <laughs> do you Tribune also? Yeah. Well, I have one card left, so I also Tribune, but I spawn a guy while I do that. Put a boat. You guys are doing way better than me. I, I got nothing going on. <laughs> I haven't bought a single one, guy two, yet. Oh, I don't have anywhere. I've got one, seven, but I haven't been able to build anything. Nine. See? Somehow he's got build. nine. Well, well. He usually wins this game. Does he? Yeah. Is it one of his favorites? He usually wins. Yeah, all like you guys tribute, didn't you? Yeah. Did. Back to you. Oh. So there are no cards for you to diplomat. That sucks. Yep. Daniel loves this game, and we're all doomed. <laughs> this is like his favorite game. It's one of them. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh huh. This game is really hard to follow from the recording, and I know that. Okay, because we're just skipping turns and jumping forward. Because there's no way 
there's nothing significant enough that's individually happening on happening on any of these turns to really know when someone's taking an advantage or when someone's not. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of secret information too. So just know that Daniel has covered the entire south and is starting north to the you know north in the west. Uh, Nicole has spread all the way to the northwest and is beginning to fill in the center. Jamie has filled in the east and some of the south and begun a northwest expansion from Rome. And I have the center and east covered. And I'm starting to expand into like uh, like northeast Af- Africa at this mm-hmm. point. So let's hear one of your N- Nicole turns, okay? Tribune. Oh, so one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven dollars. Seven dollars. You want to make a make a man? Make so a I'm going to go out on a limb and just say the dumbest um, play in this whole game would be to diplomat someone's tribune. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> you will always have your own tribune. I'm just saying. <clears throat> yeah. If someone did that, would you just be like, we better explain the game again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I made it This didn't work. I mean, I guess if they were, you could do it just to be silly. Like if, say, you only had the tribune and a diplomat in your hand and right. there was no reason to diplomat anything else. You could do it just to be silly. But nobody tribute. would really know unless you actually show them the card and go, look how silly I am. Yeah. I mean, if you had only had two cards left, then they would, and you played a diplomat, then they'd know the other one is a tribune. How many? Oh, I don't know what I can do here. But then it's like whether the fact that nobody else has anything out on the board that matters for you to diplomat. <clears throat> yeah. Trying to decide what to do here. I got a lot of, a lot of Hucklebuck here. I'm just telling you. That's the official oh, term. <laughs> a lot of Hucklebuck. Right. So I'm trying to decide what to do. I didn't really think about my turn very well. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I have my like, next two moves planned out already. Do you? As long as Daniel doesn't screw me over again. Yeah. Yeah, he's no promises. Of course not. He's definitely going to do that. Of course he is. Well, I feel like I'm in the clear then. <laughs> no, no fear of me screwing anybody over. I just don't have a good way to get a lot of stuff. I guess I'm going to do the Mercator. And I get five of the Sisteri. And I get to trade two types of goods. So what do I not need right now? I kind of want to keep my metal because I feel like if I don't build at least one guy during this game, I'm a failure. (laughs) You still haven't done that? No. I've only built one. Well, I think I want to trade these two for a food. Oh, you're like, really? Yeah, give me a food. Thank you. And a dollar, please. It's yours. I got all singles. You know how that is. Remember, uh, Diplomat copies a card. Tribune refreshes all your cards back into your deck. That's the return all the cards to your deck. So, Right. That, that's why it's ridiculous. The last card you would ever have in your deck would be the Tribune card. Right. So if you diplomated a Tribune, you're just refilling your cards for no reason. I guess I guess you could, you could technically do it, do it, to it like, couldn't you? Yeah, if you're like... If you were like, I want that one card back again right mm-hmm. now, you could diplomat a Tribune and keep yeah, your Tribune, why not? I guess. But, or you could just Tribune your Tribune. It's just ridiculous. Whatever. Yeah, it's all silly. <laughs> Anyways, the scoring is looming nearer, and the turns are actually starting to slow down. Because now we're having to think. Because now we're starting to kind of figure out, this is what I've built using all the resources I've had, how do I make the most of this? What can I do to sort of complete, you know, get the the last few credits I need to get that, you know, 
degree finished, you know? <laughs> right. So you start trying to really think this out. Uh, and we're near the end of the game, and the the pace, you know, the, the slower process of min-maxing points really kind of changes this. And so even Daniel slows down, and so we decide that's the perfect time to start hazing him. And I really want that food doubled is... He's going for the highest scoring game of Concordia he's ever done. He's trying. Double is four. <laughs> I like the narration. He wants it. this so bad. <laughs> He's like, they are not going to beat me. They did it to me on Terra Mystica. I'm not letting them beat me at my game. No way. I don't think I've played Terra Mystica with you since the one time I won. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you did that, too? I won at Tabletop. I was very proud of myself. Oh. Everybody at Tabletop right. plays a lot of games kind of like this. They don't play like the thematic stuff a lot. And this brick, kind of weird. A food doubled is two. And I'm out because I don't have enough money to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> he has one house left. <laughs> She's like crying over there. <laughs> All right, Nicole. I really do? wanted to. Okay. All right. See, from here on, th we We're just all trying to end the game. We all math out our last turns to death, and we follow it up with point figuring ending that almost gives Mission Red Planet a run for its money. <laughs> I think Stefan Feld would be proud. Uh, now, here is the last minute of the eight full minutes of math. That, that that end this game, okay? Eight. All right. I've got tools. I'm in one, two, three, four, four. Four times three. Twelve. Is twelve. Uh-oh. I got food. I get three for every food. I think you're in three food is what we decided towards the end. One, two, three, four. four. I've built another one since then. So I added that one. Four is 12. One, two. 55. Boom. Wow. That happened. Okay. That's Why the end of the end game? <laughs> That's the end of the game. <clears throat> well, there you go. The only mistake I made was I could have built I could have built this and I was wasting time. I could have built one more wine here. That would have got me four more points towards you. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I still think you're gonna win though. I did better than I thought I would. Oh well. <laughs> I didn't understand how important those uh, Minerva cards were gonna be. Well, he got two, I got two. He said they were only one got, for each type, and it yeah, was like, well, I those just, are like the rarest cards in the game. I grabbed one mm -hmm. on a yes. fluke, thinking, I don't even know really what this does for me. Produce the cloth. whoop it doo So I was like, spread out and collect whatever you have on Minerva. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, boring end. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was still having fun, obviously. Yeah. This is not a, I, I mean, that's not a bad game. No, uh, it's but not. But it's just, oh my goodness, to listen to. It's like unbelievable. But it's you know? dry. Well, sometimes, though, I think it's important for people to, <clears throat> to get a chance to hear some of these games. Right. Just to feel what is it going to be like to actually play this game. Is this right for me? Right. So because this is... it's a lot less painful to spend uh, 30 minutes of free time listening to our, that part of our podcast than to spend, you know, $60 playing a game that 
if you'd listen to 30 minutes, you could tell, I don't want to play that. Right. Now, I got to admit that I did not understand the game very well for almost the first 60 minutes and only just expanded with my cards. And you and I split the map in half for the first half of the game. Jamie headed north, then south. Daniel headed, or uh, she headed south, then north, sorry. Daniel headed south and then north late in the game. He went, went northwest. And then he ended up he ended up in some some in all of northern Africa. Did a little bit of southeast mm-hmm. expansion as well. I think he was only <clears throat> missing like one territory. Right, he was really good about expanding. Now, despite yeah. not being confident with my game and its flow, I was surprised at the end when I scored about I think six points shy of Daniel, and you finished four points behind me, and Jamie finished like a lot behind you. Yeah, she took she took a really far last place. I wonder though. With the scaling, if it, if the the components when you put them out there, yeah, they're randomized. Okay, yeah. so I wonder if it was just a bad draw of the tiles for her that led know. to her demise because she was know. last place and just couldn't get right any opportunities. I think to she build. just missed a couple of those key cards that came up. Like I grabbed, I grabbed a couple of those bonus cards that, that at the end, Daniel was like, those were really good cards for you. Cause those only come up one time. Right. But she was having trouble <laughs> getting the, being able to right. build in the first place. Right now. What do you like about this game? I like that. Okay. Like I said, when you set up the game to begin right. with, it's not going to be the same game every time. The, you've all the the cities that you're going to, like this is a brick city, this is a food city, this is a silk city. Right. Those tiles are all randomized every game. Right. Um, they all have like a letter on the back, so like this this certain amount of tiles will be all the A's, so that it's it's not going to be like all your silks end up in one corner or anything. Right. So that's really cool. But it's it's definitely a different game every single time. So nobody right. can really say you, you can't break the game and say this is the strategy I'm going to use every single time. I right. think that's really cool. I would say another thing that's cool about this game is that the besides the card track that comes up, I don't think there's much ways to say that you weren't given you know a fair handshake other than player order. You do lose some opportunities because costs go up to build on cities after the first person builds there. Mm-hmm. So beyond a little bit of cost increase, which isn't that outrageous, it's just some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's much imbalance or way to say this game could possibly be imbalanced. It's it's a very, you know, thinky, strategy, mathy game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much that you can say that's going to that's going to ruin this game you're not going to say oh well you rolled great my dice were terrible you can't say that you know right uh you do have a little bit of randomizing in that card deck that comes up on that market because some people are going to have an opportunity like jamie did in the first turn to buy a card that she never sees this cheap right you know and and, we didn't know to buy it in the first place well i mean so (laughs) (laughs) even if we had though i don't know that i would have bought a card in the first round Right. So, I mean, most of the time, and of course, you always have the opportunity. Those, the market for those cards does does move from most more expensive to cheapest. So the newest cards are more expensive and you have to buy all the other cards to get them cheap. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're, you're even though you have the opportunity to buy any card that comes out, you're going to pay th- through the nose to actually afford this card. Right. Right. When it comes out. So that that does balance that out quite a bit because you'll you'll break your break your bank if you try to buy it at the most expensive. Right. Um. I don't know. I mean, I think I think other than the fact that it, it is quite a, a dry game, I think it plays really balanced, and it reminds me a lot of like uh, El Grande 
kind of like in, in how how it's 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 this this big kind of game this big expansion game there's no conflict which is another thing i kind of like about you yeah. don't ever blow up somebody's city and take it from them or have a take that moment it's 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 a pretty pretty balanced you know peaceful game for the most part i think it's it's an extremely friendly competitive game i I think it'd be hard you'd be hard pressed to get someone really mad other than them saying of course you bought that card that i wanted to buy and it's like well boo hoo buy it when you should have bought it then you know yeah (laughs) what do you dislike about this well hold on let's go back to the the likes too the other thing um the scaling of it the fact that we played the four-player game but right. then if you flip the board over, there's uh-huh. a two-player version. Right. And it just takes everything and just makes it a little bit smaller. Right. That's, I love that. I, I mean, they, they really thought about mm-hmm. getting the most potential out of the most number of players. Because, right. um, I, I, you know, you and I, especially with, with playing two-player games so often, it always bothers me when you have to do something weird to scale down a two-player right. game. And the fact that this is just flipped a board over and don't use quite as many tiles, that's that's right. great. So I like that, too. Cool. What do, you, what do you not like about this? Um, I think it's impossible to comprehend the point system unless you've played it before. Right. So I don't feel like you even... I don't feel like you stand a chance of winning the game against somebody that's played it before. Right. Because, I mean, you came really close. We both did well. Right. But there's just too many too many ways to earn points and too many ways to not right. utilize your, your resources properly. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's, I mean, uh, for me personally, I just, the only thing that's, it's just really drab. Like, to look at. I just kind of look at it, you know, and kind of go, uh well, I didn't think that. I, I didn't think it was that pretty a game. I really didn't. Really? Component wise, it's okay, and I, I don't. I wouldn't say fantastic. And I think it's it's a fairly drab looking game. And uh, what's she hacking on? <laughs> she was licking my foot a second ago. Gross! So. Don't let her do that. <laughs> Whatever. The uh, but I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit drab. And I think that uh, beyond that. I mean, I think it was. I think it was a good game. I, th- I don't think it overstayed its welcome. I think it was right, right in its wheelhouse. See, I, I don't know. I disagree with the, with it looking drab. I thought it was really pretty. I liked really? the the tiles that were used. Did you? Um, I liked all the wooden pieces. Um, all of the resources. Really. Like the wine looked like little wine. Well, like they actually looked like little fish, but they're supposed to be like little wine bottles or wine canisters, and <laughs> they did. They looked like little fish. <laughs> um, the silk was like a little square. The right. the iron was like a little anvil. That was really cool. It was all right. You had your little boats. You had your little people. Right. I thought it looked really good. It's okay. But. I didn't say bad. I said okay. Yeah. Not fantastic. I don't know. I thought it was pretty. Right. So. Well, what do you, what would you say the difficulty to teach a non-gamer this game is? How hard is it? I'd say probably, I mean, if you really took it piece by piece, just to actually teach the game. Mm -hmm. Is probably a three, but for somebody to really comprehend how to be strategic about it, it's going to raise it up to be about right. a four. I'd say if I took, if I put this game down in front of my mother, it's a four. It's probably a four. You're right. It's four. Okay. Yeah. And what would you give this out of five as far as liking it? I want to play it again. Uh-oh. I'm going to give it a four. Whoa. I really like it, but I always like these kind of. Right. It's just, it's, it's my type of game. Right. There's nothing wrong with this game. 
and I think it's a fine game. I'm not going to turn it down if someone asks me to play it, but I don't really care if I play it or not. It's a three. Which means I probably will never get to play it again because we won't end up getting to buy it. You'll get to play it with Daniel again. (laughs) Okay, Daniel, you're invited over again. Bring that game. I want to play. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Concordia. Now, uh, we have a question that we got, and we hinted to this question last week because we got it in the mail in our P.O. box, which works, just in case you guys know. So here (laughs) we got an answer for this. So what happened, Nicole? What do you got? Well, first off, I'm starting to wonder, should we have like a different music jingle for No, mail? no, we shouldn't. <laughs> well, maybe that would encourage people to no, write. No, we should Actually, not. again, just want to reiterate, the P.O. Box finally works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jeff was very nice, wrote us some, some nice kind words, and then he had a question. What lesson from your board gaming experience have you been able to translate to your everyday life? Hmm. Did you even read the question? Do you have no. an answer for that? I could I could come up with one. Go ahead. You want, you're, you're putting me on the spot. This on is like an interview question. This is so on the spot. So how would you see yourself way? fitting in here with other people? Uh, <laughs> um, I would say negotiation. What about it? It's it's affected my everyday life. And, and, and this is specifically, I have a specific instance where it happened. Okay. And this is explain. purely related to board games because in board games, we constantly, I'm constantly making these deals with people and it mean it could mean winning or losing the game. And of course it's, it's, I make it really light and really weird. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's different than someone trying, it's not like a pressure cell kind of situation, but it's just sort of one of these situations where I'm throwing it out there like, don't you think that might be the best thing? And I and it's really great for me, but it's not necessarily like it's it's like a little bit better for them, but it's also good for me. So they're kind of like wondering, is this too good for him? Mm-hmm. And so you just sort of flirt with people like that and you have this little fun kind of back and forth. OK, you and I did that exact same game when we bought your car. I played the exact negotiation game that I play at our game table with players when we were in the finance room. I don't... What'd you do? I was playing with that guy so much and getting, like, whatever we wanted that he, at some point, he was just... He just looked at me and he goes, what do you do for a living? Because he he was just like... And he was smiling at me like, I can't believe what you're pulling off, you know, pulling with me. That was a twofer. You can't take all the credit for that. Well, I'm just saying, but we were playing the exact negotiation game that we play at our table with board games. Well, I'd also sold cars for six months. Right. I knew what they were doing. (laughs) We got so much out of him. It was ridiculous. (laughs) We we did get a really good deal. (laughs) This has been many years ago at this point. But at some point, he looked right at me and said, what do you do for a living? This is ridiculous. You know, and I was like, I'm an audiovisual technician. And he just goes, what? (laughs) He just boggled his mind. It's like, well, you know, I didn't really tell him, oh, yeah, I'm a hobby board gamer. And we do negotiations like this at tables all the time. And it could win or lose the game. Yeah. You know, it's it was fun. 
That's that's direct relation. I'm telling you that really happened, and that's that's a real effect. <laughs> You're so cute. What? Well, mine's a little bit different than that. Yeah. For me, it's not as board gaming specific as board gaming general because mine comes from the, doing the podcast for board gaming. Okay. I have to listen to myself. Yeah. To do these edits, and what I've taken away is when I talk. Sometimes I will be like, I, I will think I'm saying something that's just like a point or a question. And I come off as, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You're stupid. <laughs> that's how I make it sound. And I never mean for it to be. So I've kind of learned to, and well, not learned, but I'm getting better at, I think, not being quite as uh, abrupt with people sometimes. Oh. I, or at least being more uh, aware of myself if I do and trying to back off and go, whoa, wait a minute, that's not what I meant. Right. So it's brought about more of a self-awareness from the board games because I get angry. Oh, yeah, I you hear do. It. Oh, I know. You do. I know. <laughs> but I don't realize how angry I sound because I don't feel that angry. I really don't. I'm having a good time. That's what you say. I the know. rest of us are like, whoa. I know. Walking on glass. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some good examples of that coming up in future podcasts, let me tell you. But you know what? What? Jeff, thanks for writing us. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate Jeff, you're it. You're awesome. Didn't Rodney write us too? And I lost the postcard. It, we never got any. We never got it. He said that he, he didn't. Or was it Brendan? I, I can't don't. Remember. I don't know. You. I didn't get the email. I'm so. But bad. thank you for sending the email that said that you sent a postcard that we I'm never awful. we never actually did get. So hopefully you got it back. I don't. My know. apologies. We're so sorry stupid mail <laughs> but guess what that's the end of another episode of talk about board games now we appreciate that you take the time to listen to us and that that you know you're you're downloading our podcasts every week and we really hope you enjoy us every other week <clears throat> every other week now <laughs> you can ask us questions by posting on our bgg guild or by emailing us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Now, we do have a P.O. Box that we've mentioned, and you can send things to that P.O. Box. It's 6943. It's P.O. Box 6943, Lee's Summit, Missouri, 64064. In fact, the question you just heard, like we said, was a physical letter sent to us. Uh, if you would like more people to know about our show, you can always like review us on iTunes. That's good. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like our Facebook page. Now, in two weeks, we play a game that's recommended to us a year ago by the first listener to ever write us. Just so you know, that's a true thing. Mm -hmm. On episode 35, we make Glenn's dreams come true. His dreams come true. <laughs> he has dreams too, Nicole. I, I hope that's a true. Jeez. <laughs> we make Glenn's wildest dreams come true <laughs> when matt and brianna join us playing his recommendation dungeon pets so come back and check it out all right i got my better mercator so i get five heavens to mercator and then <laughs>